Hey, faith family. Welcome to the Beyond Sunday podcast at Calvary Bible, where we go beyond the Sunday sermon to explore some rabbit holes and to bring some biblical truths to the surface. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Calvary Bible Church, welcome back to another episode of Beyond Sunday. Randall, <laughs> you ready for this? I guess. <laughs> I got a joke for you. Okay, you um, do. I'm, I'm surprised. I do. You should not be surprised, Okay, but here you go. Um, so my grandfather, he told me back in the day when he'd go to the grocery store, he could, with $2 in his pocket, come out with a loaf of bread, eggs, and uh, even some butter. But he, he said, today, there's too many cameras. Uh, that's not Christian. <laughs> I heard that one. Your family. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's not a true story. Just no, a joke, just a joke Randall. That um, was a joke. That was a joke. That was a good one. I uh, <laughs> I heard that one. Gosh, I couldn't stop laughing. Oh wow! These two guys, I think I've told you before. I think their name is like a Doc Talk or something like that. Mm. These just two cut well, was more than two guys, but anyway, sit and tell these just deadpan jokes, and it, that one got me. Just... That one got me, but. We're here to talk Psalm 81. <laughs> Thank the Lord. We <laughs> Thankfully, we're in the Bible. I don't have the same joke-telling capacity, like, you know, skill. There's skill to it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. They're Just the way they they tell it some people and are, the look, I mean, golly. That's part of the, the shtick there, but, man, they nail some it. Some people are really, really good at it. <laughs> they are, and some people aren't. <clears throat> uh, me. All right, Psalm 81. This might be a long one, Randall. I don't think so. Okay. Not, not because of me. Well, I've got a lot of stuff. I'm, okay. This is full. All right. God's singers must also be mm-hmm. listeners. Mm-hmm. So I'll try and summarize the sermon uh, in a sentence or two. Okay. Um, the beginning part of the sermon, just really commanding Asaph, commanding the, the people to be singers mm-hmm. for all that God has done. Then in verse 8, I believe, there's like this switch where now he says, now Mm -hmm. listen to me. Uh, You need to not just be singers, but Mm -hmm. doers, if I can use James language. Yeah, and the switch, remember, though, there was a transition at the end of 7 where the the short history lesson ended with, I tested you at the waters of Meribah. Yeah. So there was that sense of, okay, I'm now going to see, are you going to listen to me? Will you trust me? Mm. And of course, they failed the test. Yeah. Then comes, I just wish you'd listen to me, yeah. which is that switch. Yeah, just please listen to me. Yep. Um, and then if we do, this kind and generous reminder, which many of the Psalms seem to have this ending, mm-hmm. if we do listen, God's ready to bless mm-hmm. uh, and wants to bless, um, but we seem to be in this bad habit of not really listening. So, mm-hmm. how's that? That's really that good. Okay? Yeah. So, question number one, mm-hmm. uh, verse eight at that yeah. second point. The pivot. Yeah, here. Okay, you you mentioned it on Sunday. My mind was going there. Mm-hmm. I'm in Psalm 30-something here. Yeah. Uh, here, O Israel, or mm-hmm. here, O my people. Yeah. I went straight to, is it Deuteronomy 5 or 6? 6. six. Um, the Shema, Shema. Mm-hmm. is when the, which the Shema... Is the, which is the verb. Is the word, the yeah. verb for yeah. here. here. Listen, yeah. Is that the, the same verb, here? Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't remember when. Uh, I'm pretty sure I did some teaching on that somewhere sometime. Mm-hmm. And remember having an element of that word 
meaning having to include do as well. Mm-hmm. There's other words for like listen yeah. or like mm-hmm. hear, um, but this particular word shema has a, a particular element of don't just hear but follow through as well. Yeah, and if you like the rhyme, hear and heed, mm. do both. I do like that, mm-hmm. hear and yeah. heed. Um, all right, so I was just curious if that was actually the that Hebrew word, the it's Shema. strong echo back to Deuteronomy. Right, mm-hmm. and if you're not familiar with the Shema, that would have been a prayer that they would have prayed. Mm-hmm. Um, how often? I, I don't have my history. Mm-hmm. Up to speed. How often would they pray that? Daily? Maybe daily. Um, Maybe. Here, I'm not an expert on it either, the Jewish uh, rituals. Yeah, so if you're listening uh, or watching here, I'll just read what this familiar prayer would have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And it probably would have continued there. But that's the beginning of it, mm-hmm. one that we're so familiar with. And um, yeah. And okay. then if, if the listeners are, uh, I mean, if you in particular are tracking and you're interested in seeing the various places where uh, Psalms borrows from the Old Testament, at the end of Psalm 81, there's another allusion back to, to Deuteronomy 32. And so the language at the end of our Psalm where uh, you have, but but he would feed you with the finest of wheat and with honey from the rock I would satisfy you. Uh, we ended the the service, the worship service on Sunday, uh, singing that song. But that's that language is coming from Deuteronomy 32 as well, where God made this promise to His people, and He actually did that for His people in the wilderness. So there's at least two places in Psalm 81 that's going back to Deuteronomy. So. The end there, yeah, you didn't really get into that verse. I didn't at all, so I was no. really glad that we were singing it at the end. Yeah, but you're saying that's that's referring back to Deuteronomy 30. The same language back to 32, Deuteronomy 32. And so up in, uh, let's see, in our text, uh, verse 10, open your mouth wide and I will fill it. At the mm-hmm. end of our Psalm 81 Here's what he would fill it with. He would feed you with the finest of wheat and with honey from the rock. I would satisfy you. So verse 10 and verse 16, that language, especially verse 16, comes from Deuteronomy 32. I forget the, I forget the verse, but you'll see the exact same language. Mm-hmm. So just to, just to see, just so that you can understand how these Old Testament writers are using material uh, from other places in the Old Testament to, to speak to... Uh, you know, their congregants. Yeah. I'm looking at Deuteronomy 32 here. I don't mm-hmm. see the exact verse you're quoting, but mm-hmm. I was curious about the rock language. I can try to find it while you, if you want to uh, give another question or make another comment. I need to read to get into my next question, but actually what I was reminded of too, mm-hmm. I told ahead, you yeah. that the young adults were studying through Amos. Yeah. Um, and you just see it, you see it all through the Old Testament, all through the scriptures where... God's people, they hear, mm-hmm. but they don't heed. They, they hear God's word, and starting back in the garden, mm-hmm. God says this, and they, they choose to go their own way, and it leads to destruction, and, and God comes back, and they hear again, and they don't follow through. Yeah. Yeah, it's a pattern throughout the Old Testament. 
So it's pretty, like I said at the in the opening minutes, we're used to reading the Psalms, expecting God to teach us from history. Mm-hmm. So we are, and, and, you know, Beyond Sunday is pretty simple. Just um, take the message of Psalm 81, and do you believe it to the point where I'm making a commitment this week that I will not repeat the, uh, the terrible... Uh, the direction, I won't repeat that direction. I won't take those same steps as my spiritual forefathers did. So we're, we're just simply avoiding that example altogether. Okay. So I'll read this verse yeah. uh, out mm-hmm. of Deuteronomy 32. Uh, it's in verse 13. He made him ride on the high places of the land, and he ate the produce of the field, and he suckled him with honey out of the rock mm-hmm. and oil out of the flinty rock. And it goes on with some more language similar to that. Yeah. Um, I was actually curious if there was a connection. And so it's good to camp out here for a minute because mm-hmm. I had a few people say, what's the deal with this honey on the rock? We sang the song, Randy didn't touch on it. Like, mm-hmm. I'm kind of curious what the language is and it's pointing mm-hmm. to. So this is really helpful. Um, I was wondering in the moment if there was a connection between honey from the rock and the waters of Meribah because that happens twice where... The Israelites are in the wilderness. They don't have water, and God brings water out of water out of a rock. Mm-hmm. And now there's honey from the rock. Do you know? Is there any connection there? I think honey sounds better than water, but when you need water, water's you need water. Water is better than honey. Yeah. I think what what you have in in our text and what you have in Deuteronomy 32 is the the reminder of the way in which God is so gracious to provide the best for His people in the worst environment, and I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't get to that. It was because of the sake of time. I'm glad we could sing it, but if you're interested in you know more of the um, the theology of the language, just remember that God's people are being cared for in the harshest environment possible, and so out of that harsh environment, here's God putting together the best meals. Mm-hmm. For his people, so they don't lack anything, and that's the point. Is that why wouldn't it's, it's that's why I, I quoted from Derek Kidner. He said, "Look at the demented material that God has to deal with." I mean, we are. Why would we not listen to him when he says, "If you just open your mouth wide, I would fill it." I like the, that. The reason is because I believe that there are other gods that satisfy. Thus, therefore, you know, our minutes spent looking at the definition of idolatry from mm-hmm. Scott Hafeman. And then that familiar to us now list of what I referred to years ago as the American Idols, yeah, where there's two columns of things that many of us struggle with. Those things provide; those things promise to provide the best for us, and God says, "No, I alone can do that." Mm-hmm. And so, you know, beyond Sunday is still a time for us to say, "Are we worshipers of God uh, all by Himself?" Um, yeah, Are we worshiping God all by Himself. I really that that language open your mouth wide mm. and I will fill it. Amazing. It's such picturesque language. That that stuck to me and honey from the rock too. Even though when water when you need water you need water. Yeah. I would, I'm imagining the more valuable of the two if you're selling it or whatever. Honey's in shorter supply. Yeah. I mean, and just the value of it. honey honey on yeah. a rock, I don't know. Um but just all of that imagery of God being the one to satisfy. Yeah, and and this is a good time for us to remember we're reading Hebrew poetry, so as I've tried to say, you have line A, but what is more B? So the B line in verse 16 
I mean, after the finest of wheat, okay, that's good. But then with honey from the rock, that just think about what that does to the taste buds, how sweet that is to the taste. That's language that says God will give you his best. Mm -hmm. He is very gracious and you know, we use it. We use an old term. It's not necessarily old, but we don't hear it anymore. But he lavishes this on us, so it should it should bring up good images of the best possible gifts come from God alone, and that's mm-hmm. why we worship Him. Yeah. So in verse twelve, then mm-hmm. um, it reads, "So I gave them over to mm-hmm. their stubborn hearts." And yeah. And you again brought out the Romans one language. Mm-hmm. My mind was going there. He gave them up mm-hmm. uh, such stark and harsh language, discipline, really, just to give people over to what they really want. Yeah, it want. was judgment. Yeah. Um, you said this, and I'm, this is not a perfect quote, but it's pretty close. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said, Are you frustrated with the brokenness in your world? If so, mm-hmm. listen to him. When you listen to him, your frustration will turn to flourishing. How does our frustration turn to flourishing? Well, the first thing is that I'm thinking about my own my own pilgrimage, my own walk, where I am fighting hard against other idols. Those times in my life are never, they're not flourishing moments. Mm-hmm. They're not flourishing moments for me and God, for me and anyone else in my life. Me and Michelle, me and my kids, grandkids. Yeah. I mean, that's just not, that, that's not times of flourishing. So those two opposites for me, they worked for me earlier in the week where I, I just think about when my mind is frustrated, when my emotions are frustrated, and what's causing that. Yes, it's, it's trouble, but of what kind? Uh, to move out of that, I, at least for me, mm-hmm. requires a first step of, God, you alone are my God. You're the one who uh, satisfies me. I need to believe that. And I need to take advantage of that as a child of yours. I need to put away my idolatry. Yeah. It's a very baseline type of uh, sanctifying moment where I go to God, admit what I'm struggling with, and how those things are not, they're, they're not satisfying me. Mm-hmm. And do I need those things? Like the quote, you know, do yeah. I need Jesus and right. to be happy? I, I like what Scott Haferman was doing with that. It just seemed to, it, it just seems to be what we struggle with. So that move from frustration to flourishing was my way of saying, if you turn away from if you're, if, from your idol, if things aren't going well in your family, for instance, and your family's your idol, then you've got to go to God with that. And hopefully there's the turn away from the idolatry, and now the flourishing can begin. Mm-hmm. There's a calming of my mind. There's a calming of my soul, my emotions, mm-hmm. and I begin to flourish, even though even though the circumstances may not be great. Yeah. Um my Greek professor, who uh, would probably not be thrilled with how much Greek I know, but would be glad that I remember this. Yeah. He had a kind of a life mantra, which was, Jesus plus nothing equals everything, everything. Um, which I don't think that's original to him. But oh, that's great, though. It is. It, it's superb. Yeah. Um, but that's that's it. We, we try and fill in the blank, Jesus plus... Yeah this, yeah. insert yeah. this into my life, if I can get this, then yeah. I'll be... And then any of the, I mean, any of the things on the list that we mm-hmm. looked at on Sunday, mm-hmm. so it could be work-related, could be health-related, appearance-related, 
uh, relational, uh, relationship related, mm -hmm. um, you know, you name it. There, that list is long, and that list was not exhaustive. But not there is there is that sense of um, I I have to worship him if I if if um, and I forget the the exact wording of the commandment itself. But that first commandment. Um, there's, there shall be no strange God among you. You shall not bow down to a foreign God. That um, I think, for me personally, that's, that's one of the best foundational ways to assess my relationship with God. Which, which of the idols are pushing, uh, pushing my buttons, yeah. vying for my affections, promising to fulfill if I just had that, mm -hmm. you know. So yeah, so what it's worth. Yeah, quick. The language, um, uh, that language that you know took you right to Romans one again. It's so mm -hmm. I, I think it's fascinating to think that, okay, Paul picks up on this. Yeah, but this is something that God has been dealing with with His people, and so when Paul does it, now we're into the into the uh, New Testament era, uh, first century church, and mm -hmm. he's explaining the gospel in these terms, the yeah. negative side, of course. Yeah. You see it just repeated over and over. Mm -hmm. you, the Israelites say, "We want a king." He says, "You want a king? Fine, have yeah. a king. See how that goes." Yeah, I don't. I don't know if you're old enough to remember the uh, Burger King commercial, "Have It Your Way." Do you uh -huh. remember that yeah, slogan? Yeah. I do. So, "Have It Your Way" is it's good for fast food. Yeah, but that's not good for my relationship with God. And so, God mm -hmm. says, "I will not force. I will not force genuine worship on you." Mm -hmm. And that's what's that's the scary part of this. And then, of course, he. He sends them out, mm -hmm. uh, sends them away, or expels them. Is the Hebrew there? It's pretty strong. It's just at Circle K, the camp I grew up going to, they had yeah. a sign at the cafeteria, or like that where you're walking through the line. It said, "This isn't Burger King. Here, you get it our way, or you don't get it at all." <laughs> there you go. Um, hey. But I, uh, I mean, I was just thinking about if I can bring it, bring it down to mm -hmm. you know home for a minute, personal story. Uh, one of these Jesus plus moments in this week, like in, I don't know if anyone else can relate to this, but Easter's right around the corner. We know that. And people have got family things going on and meals to prepare and, you know, mm -hmm. different pieces uh, that kind of are all orchestrating for the perfect Easter holiday. And man, just feeling late Sunday night, early Sunday mo or Monday morning, this stress of you know, I've got to get this, we've got to get this done, we got that done, and, you know, check this list off. Mm -hmm. and, and the filling in the blank of Jesus Plus is Jesus Plus, you know, whether it's family or the perfect scenario, the, the just the mm -hmm. right combination of things in my life to make it go well, yeah. then it'll be good. And those things are all fine and good in and yeah. of themselves, yeah. but we, when those things don't go well or begin to overwhelm us, I just had to say to, to myself... Yeah. Don't be anxious. Don't lose sight of what's really important this week. And then in that moment was able to say, I I do not want to go through Easter this year and miss it. Because right. if I do, it's all going to be for naught, yeah. you know, for something that's really not as worthy as uh, what Christ is. And that recentering has helped me this week to not put something else you know, on that, yeah, on that statue. It's a great example, you know, mm -hmm. of, of what we're trying to do. We're trying to worship God. And isn't that strange? Mm, yeah, worshiping God on Holy can Week, be distracting in, in Holy Week, mm -hmm. can become yeah, it's yeah. it's the worst. Yeah. Um. So, 
Yeah, I, I got one more question here. So mm-hmm. just this, the overall idea of uh, we hear, but we don't listen. Again, I'll get mm-hmm. back to the young adults in our Amos study. Mm-hmm. I was just reviewing it, and I want to read for you Amos 5. <coughs> Excuse me. You're excused. Mm-hmm. Amos 5, 23 to 24. Uh, Amos says this to Israel. Take away from me the noise of your songs. Mm-hmm. To the melody of your harps, I will not listen. Yeah. But... Let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. So here's Israel yeah. going through the motions. Singing well. Playing the playing harp well, well. But they are just, you know. No righteousness. No righteousness. Just, yeah, brokenness all over the place. Hypocrisy, yeah. thievery, stealing, pride. Yeah. You name it. Pretty bad Pretty time. Bad time in Israel's history. Yeah. Um, but I just thought that was a, an interesting, it's happening again, you know, not just in Asaph's time, right? but here, you know, a couple hundred years later, Amos is in that same, you're seeing it happen, and God's giving him this message. Um, yeah, I don't, God doesn't want just the, the religious mm-hmm. actions. He wants, he wants the heart, just kind of getting back to Sermon on the Mount where we were exactly. in the Exactly, yeah. Um, so last question good. for you is this, what do you think are some of the things that keep us from hearing and obeying the actually, you know, the sh- Shema, hearing and doing? Well, I think, I, th- I think the first thing that we're learning from reading the scriptures together for all these years is that we are, we are not, um, we're not prone to listen. So I think the very mm-hmm. first thing to, to come to grips with is my own stubborn heart. That's the first thing, which is, mm-hmm. you know, so I gave them over to their stubborn hearts. Even in our condition, we are not exempt from or we're not free from the stubbornness. Now, uh, we are freed from its tyranny, which is why we always go to the end of these teaching times, go to the gospel and say, what's the power of the gospel? Well, as I said on Sunday, remember, God redeems. And so he gives us victory over over that stubbornness so that mm-hmm. we have the desire and the capacity to listen, but there's still a stubborn streak in all of us. Stiff-necked. So Yeah. So one of the things I think is important is to just make sure that you're able to deal with the recurring patterns of thought. Just use this as an example. Check it in your own life this week. Think about the recurring patterns of thought, the recurring thought patterns that plague you during a week and... Um, that's the, that's the place to begin to deal with your stubbornness. Because in those moments now, if you don't catch those and take those to God quickly, then you are actually living out this stubbornness. And it is connected to idolatry. Mm-hmm. So start with that. Do you have some uh, thought patterns that re- reoccur? And they're dis- you know they're destructive or disruptive. Uh, you know, destructive being the, you know, the, the, the bad extreme. But even disruptive, where the thought pattern, it it disrupts your walk with the Lord and your fellowship with Him and others, and that that to me is is the place. It's a place. It's a good place to start. Um, what you know, your question was sort of what causes it, and I just started with the, you know, just the heart itself. Mm-hmm. Where I need to know that I am stubborn in places. I'm stubborn in places. Thank the Lord, not in all, but I'm stubborn in places. Yeah, and um, so uh, the other thing I would say is uh, check your appetites. 
the thing that you wish most, you know, if you just, if you just ask yourself, I, I, if only, if only I had this or this, or if only this would happen, you're probably getting close to the idolatry, um, mm-hmm. the idol worship, and um, in those moments, you, you're not listening to God, actually. You're, you're, you're trusting in something else, yeah. hoping hoping in something. That's another term that's interchangeable in the Psalms, hope and faith, and you're hoping in something else rather than hoping in God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think, th- I mean, our stubborn, stiff-necked hearts is obviously, yeah, that's, that's the place to start because that's our natural bent. Um, and then beyond that, what I was hearing you say too is just having having spiritual ears or having a spiritual sensitivity to pay attention yeah. to what's actually going on and to get to the root of it. It's hard to listen. You it and I is. both know uh, in, a, in a tight relationship, like a marriage, for instance, in, in difficult conversations, they, they've done research on this, so as the emotions go up, the communication comes down. And so you, you and I have both either said or heard it said to us, you're not listening. What? You're not listening. <laughs> So I think that's that's one of those. Um, can you can you identify those those moments with the Lord, God saying to you, "You're not listening to me," and you know I, I can relate to that in in human relationships. But mm-hmm. think about God and you, and He says He's saying back to you, "You're not you're not listening. You're not getting it." It's not because He's not being clear. It's yeah. because something's happening in my ability to hear him. Right. Well, that's a great illustration. So let's just pretend that you and Michelle are having a conversation and you're not listening. Yes, which is very probably the case. <laughs> right. Bless her heart. It, it's you're you're hearing her. The sound yeah. waves oh, yeah. are getting into All your the ear. All the words. And maybe you're even like actually paying attention to her too, but your heart isn't lined up with her heart. And so just take that analogy and, and take it over. We want our hearts to line up with God's heart. So when God's heart breaks over sin, if our heart doesn't break over that sin, right. we're not actually hearing him yeah. or listening yeah. because we're not, we don't feel the same way that he does. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would just say that, that, you know, all of us need to be in conversation with certain people in our lives so that we are dealing with our, with our idolatry. And whether it's an accountability where, you know, we, we sign our sheets, mm-hmm. whether it's prayer partners, uh, whatever it is, I just think it's so important that you're in, you're in communication with someone who can help you sort through your times where, the times where you're just not listening well. Yeah. and To the Lord. Yeah, I would, I would add just a little to that, um, or my thoughts go towards just actually taking the time to stop amidst the the busyness mm. and you know for me when i'm reading the word to mm. stop and say lord speak to me or give me ears to hear yeah um or you know there's so many things in the course of our days and mm-hmm. weeks that just keep our minds occupied and we can be occupied so quickly yep. with those things and be overwhelmed mm-hmm. by them and lose sight of you know it's like we we take the the phone off of our ear and yeah. we stop listening to God because we've got yeah. other things going on. Yeah. I I think these Psalms, what I'm learning is they can change the way in which I speak to God. And in this case, this mm-hmm. is one of these, these one of the, uh, this is one of these prayers where if you read Psalm 81, this is not, this is not a typical prayer. 
But what we're learning from Psalm 81 is we're being warned about our, our tendency not to listen. And I think it's great to be able to wake up again in the morning and say, God, I really do want to hear from you today. Mm-hmm. That means I need to listen to your laws. I need to put those laws into practice. You need to be my God alone. There's, these are great ways to address God. It's from, a, it's from sort of a different angle because it's not a prayer that you're repeating. But there's confession in this in this psalm that I think is so healthy for us. Yeah. No, I appreciated the sermon. I appreciated the psalm. Uh, just digging into it. Um, but that's all I've got, question-wise. Anything to add? Good. Well, let's put Psalm 81 into practice beyond Sunday. That's... Yeah, for our own good that's the and hope. His glory. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Easter this week. Holy week. Yeah. So just a reminder, if you're listening to this before Easter... Uh, Good Friday service is at 7 o'clock. Right. Uh, we'd love to have you out. That's an extended time of communion mm-hmm. and just reflection on what Christ has done for us. And how much time do I have to teach? Not long. Five to seven minutes. Is what Five I to him. seven minutes? Five to seven. Wow. Okay. Say a prayer for me. You can do it, Randy. I believe in you. Okay. Um, but the bulk of that evening is for communion. Mm-hmm. And I would encourage uh, families... Uh, it's a great time to explain communion to your kids mm-hmm. because there's an extended time, even personal time of conversation, and just receive the elements when you're ready to receive them, sit down and mm-hmm. take them. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you've not been there, that's kind of what that looks like. It's one of my favorite times of the year. Mm-hmm. And then sunrise service, Sunday morning, 7 o'clock. Yeah, the sun's just the coming over that over the trees about mm-hmm. that time. Yeah, so that's it's a, up before then, but not yep. over the trees yet. Right, so that'll be seven o'clock back in the uh, like the back side of Jane the church, Avenue. Jane yeah. Avenue, mm-hmm. and then there's breakfast after that at eight, and then the regular discipleship hour mm-hmm. at nine, and worship service at ten fifteen. One morning. Or, yeah, are you going to be in the Psalms, or are you taking a break for the no. week? No, Not in the Psalms. <sighs> Breaking news. I know. Calvary Bible the series. Where are we going to be? Ephesians one. <laughs> I was going to guess the Gospels, but that's too, yeah. that's too normal. So we're going to be in yeah, Ephesians. It's yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, it's hard after all many. these years. You got to. I hear you. you just got to find places that. Um, yeah. So I'm. Uh, I I haven't nailed down my specific text. I'm going to be in probably a couple for the sunrise service. Yeah. But I've been tracing it's these not... themes for a number of years, and so I have the same thing where it's yeah. like I've I've taught through the theme of trees. I've yeah. thought, taught through the uh, theme of God's presence. Yeah. And, yeah. So this year, yeah, it's going to be rest. Good. Rest That's that, good. that Christ provides. Mm-hmm. Good. So coming off the Sabbath, it's fresh on my mind. So really good. That'll be where we launch from. Anyway. It's a good week. It is a good week. Um, our, our best week. Christianity's yeah. best week. Yeah. It's exciting. Favorite time of year. Um, so thank you for listening. Again, questions, email them to podcast at cbcmj.com. And we will see you this weekend. All right. Thanks, guys. See ya. Thanks again for joining us on today's episode. And remember, our Sunday sermons are meant to lead us to a life of worship beyond Sunday.